I want to welcome somebody back to the show who I believe uh, has the right stuff to do exactly what's necessary to help us transform the definitions and the thinking of a demographic that has been trapped uh, under the heavy hand of tyranny from those who have used and abused a vote for so long. She is Corinne Rankin, Rankin, grew up in a bail bonds family, understands business, and she is a political activist who will be heard uh, throughout our nation in the days, months, and years to come. Help me welcome back to the show, Corinne Rankin. Thank you so much for being there with me. How are you? I'm doing well, CL. Thank you so much for having me on your show again. I'm glad that I'm glad that you're here. I'm really glad that you're here. Corinne, you know, I, I want to uh, ask you this question. I want to kick, before we talk about all the other stuff, I want uh, the okay. folks I want the folks to know you. Growing up in a family that is a business, that uh, your business was bail bonds, talk to us about understanding business and understanding uh, what it takes to make it work. Talk to us about that. Oh, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> uh, being an entrepreneur, it as the hardest thing you'll ever do and the most rewarding thing you'll ever do at the same time. Um, it's a constant, I don't know, I want to say it's just a constant, um, you know, for lack of a better word, it's a constant battle. It's a, it's getting up every morning, it's in loving what you do, loving, you know, helping your community or serving your community in, in one shape or another. And it's also, um, it's hard because you've got your competitors, you've got advertising, you've got, you know, government regulations, you know, it's, you know, that's the battle part. That's the struggle part. Uh, but everything else is, you know, if you're doing something that you love, then it's not really work. And if you can employ other people and provide jobs while again doing something you love and you know providing for your family giving your family a good life i you know i highly recommend it it's so rewarding it's you know my my father started his business you know let me ask you this let me ask you this so it's all i know when we look at the opportunities that can exist and and do exist in this country are they more plentiful for some than others is the opportunity to achieve and succeed in the same way that your family did uh in the years past are those opportunities still available for black people i run into so many of us corinne that uh don't see that they they they, they feel a certain hopelessness talk to that if you would um you know, I don't know. I guess I'd be on the fence about it, about that, because I know that there were so many obstacles for my father. You know, he was one of the first, you know, uh, one of the, the the first and the few black people in the bail bond business at that time in the 60s. So he, you know, there's a lot that he had to overcome and it wasn't exactly easy for him. Uh, we lived in a suburb, you know, that was, you know, outside of the Red Line District and we were able to get into there so you know we were the only black family for miles so (laughs) (laughs) so i'm on the fence because you know where my family was able to do it we were obviously the only one right 
So I would have liked that, you know, my neighborhood, my community that I grew up, I would have loved to see it be more diverse. Absolutely. And the reason, folks, that I, I, I wanted to get her responses to that is that she understands the struggle that it takes. My father in business back in the, the 50s and 60s understood the struggle that it takes to own one. And then Corinne, to see black businesses burned down at the, at the hands of white liberals in some cases and other black people in some cases, it's a heartbreaking thing. Uh, the George Floyd thing that has happened and Corinne, we can talk about anything you want to, but I, I want us to speak about this George Floyd thing. Are we doing ourselves any favors in reacting in the way that we are? Or is it something that's productive? Let's, let's unpack that. Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, I'd say yes and no. Um, and we'll start with the no. For tearing down businesses, you know, no matter who started them, whatever color your skin is, that's that's so counterproductive. That is so harmful. You have no idea. Like a lot of people put their life savings, like all the money they have in the bank, and they invest it into starting a business. So when you tear that down, you know, small business owners aren't wealthy. No. You know, they're they're not. So it's not like they can just go, oh, that's fine. We'll just start another cupcake shop or, you know, they can't do that. That you've destroyed their life. You've destroyed their family. You've destroyed their children's education, potentially, in most cases. If you depend on that business to pay for your child's education, you know, then you have, what are you going to, you have to pull your child out of school. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it's a ripple. It's such a negative ripple effect that there's so many layers behind you. You've, you've messed up the, the employment for the people who work at that shop for their children's education. I mean, it's so damaging on so many levels that it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's disgusting. It truly is. But now you did have the other side of that coin that you wanted to talk about. So I do, I think that, us having a conversation, you know, uh, where we're talking about police brutality in black neighborhoods, I think that that's a good thing for our society. I support peaceful protesters, you know, um, if, if that's the reason why they're, pro- they're peacefully protesting, because they want to start this national conversation. I believe that's good for us to have a national conversation about that. Uh, when I... You know, I spent 15 years myself in the bell bomb business, and I, you know, bailed out people, unfortunately, more often than I'd like. That would, you know, my, my office is right across the street from the jail. So when they get released from the jail, they'd walk across the street and come right to my front door and come into my office and have a seat. And a lot of times, um, the young black men were bloody. Wow. They were bruised, they were bloody. They would have scrapes on their arm or on their face, like their face had been put to the cement and scraped. And, you know, when you have darker skin, those scrapes are, you know, really noticeable. Very visible. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, they have their blood on their shirt. And I, and at first I was like, I was shocked by it, by seeing that. And sometimes, you know, these are even guys that were in my high school that I, would know sometimes from high school 
So it was even harder for me to look at those faces because I knew those people. You know, Corinne, you bring up something that is uh, incredibly interesting, and that is the way we see the treatment of uh, a black arrestee in the inner city in particular, uh, as opposed to one um, who is white. And uh, there might be a difference in the suburb. Fortunately, in my lifetime, I haven't had uh, much contact unless I initiated it with the uh, with the police, uh, you know, and what I mean by that, my own actions uh, over when I was a young when I was a kid did that. But this is what I want. This is what I want. This is the point that I'm, I'm trying to get at here is this conversation that we have. Uh, that you are saying that, that it'd be good for us. And I do believe it. I, I believe absolutely this conversation is, is, it's, but who then has, or who initiates, who moderates this conversation? It can't be Al Sharpton, Corinne. It, it, no. it, 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 it just can't be. I, I just can't see that, but they are putting him, they're staging him to do this. Who, we, we're black voices for Trump, you and I. How do we stage this thing? Talk to us. Um, I don't know. I think that maybe we can as an, as a coalition, as an organization. I mean, we've got a lot. I, I always consider myself like a moderate. I'm a moderate Republican, um, and I have been for years. And, you know, I can see, I think I'm because of my background in the bail bond business, like, you know, I don't have any felonies. I'm not afraid of the police. My ex-husband was a police officer, black police officer. You know, he retired and a hero in his community. You know, he was in the newspaper. You know, everyone's praising him for, you know, being heroes, saving a neighborhood from a crazy guy who was on meth, breaking everyone's window. Uh, he injured his shoulder and retired from that. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, he could, I, you know, we all used to have the conversation that he could have taken out the gun and shot the guy who was messed out, terrorizing a neighborhood. But he didn't. He just went in to restrain him physically and ended up ruining his shoulder for life. That's, that's how it goes. But um, he could have, your, your husband could have been killed, too. He could have been, there's, yes, exactly. And that's the flip side. We've had those conversations before where I was like, did you think about shooting him? And he always said no. Wow. And he didn't, and it, it took, it was, I mean, it's in the news, it was in the newspaper. It took neighbors coming out of their homes to pry the man off of him. Turned out the man was like some, went to Taiwan and studied martial arts. So he was like a black belt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness. And he thought it was just, you know, a scrawny kid, but he was a black belt. Oh so, my goodness. And he was meth, um, and he was methed up at the same time. Yeah. Oh, well, folks, uh, Corinne, I, I used to box when I was a young, when I was a kid. And um, this one guy, I guess he was dusted up. He was on angel dust. And Corinne, I would, I would hit this guy squarely in the face and he would grin at me. That was a very scary thing. Your husband got this, yeah. this guy on top of your husband, methed up. That's scary. I'm telling you that's scary when you can't hurt yeah. him, when you cannot hurt him. No, the neighbors came running out of the house to help him. But uh, so I think I can see both sides of this issue where I look at someone like my ex-husband, who I know is a good guy, who I know would, you know, put his own self in harm's way before he'd think about taking his gun out on someone. Um, but I also know, you know, from being on the bell bond side that there's I can't deny that there are bad cops out there because I have seen too many people come into my office bloody bruised and scraped 
And after, you know, I would say, you know, who did this? How did that happen? And the police did this. The police, you know, beat me up. They stole my money, you know, and this is what they did. Now, I don't know if they stole money, but I heard a lot of people say it. Yeah. And, but, however, the officers' names were always the same name. Mm. So that's one of the things I also learned that I also, I can't deny because I didn't hear a variety of names. I see. It was always, it got to the point where I would say, who did that to you? So-and-so, they go, how did you know? Wow. Okay, so folks, there's the light that need to be shed on this. And the conversation that Corinne Rankin has opened for us is the fact that the police should have policed themselves in seeing this over and over. I'm not going to mention the name of the, the officer that uh, killed George Floyd, but his name, as Corinne is saying, his name had popped and so, up over and over and that, over. CL, is that I know that it takes this. So I've read that the, that former officer who shall not be named had 17 complaints against him. Wow. That's what I read. So somebody may call and say that's not accurate. It was 16 or whatever, but that was what I read. And so, you know, even over a 20 year career, 17 complaints, that's almost one complaint a year. That's too many. And then another factor is that it takes a lot and most people may not know this, but complaint making an officer complaint it takes a lot of work. You have to go down to the police department, say, I would like to complain about an officer. Then another, you have to wait. Another officer will come out, pull you in a side room, and then take your complaint. So the whole process, you know, including you taking time off work, driving down to the police department, you know, make, taking the time to make the complaint and then driving back to your work or home or whatever, it takes about at least two hours just for that process. So you have to imagine how serious somebody is if they're taking two hours out of their day to drive down and make a complaint. That must be a serious complaint because making a complaint about an officer is not like writing a bad Yelp review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, folks, take that to heart. When you have, listen, if you got three, if you got four on the same officer, it don't have to be as many as 17. But, 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 but let me tell you something. You should pay attention. Did you hear her tell you that uh, the, the people would come in scraped up when she bails them out? Uh, the, 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 the names of the officers who were involved in their arrest trended. They began to trend as the same names. So the policing has to be done. But now, listen, let's talk about this. The other side of this, Corinne, you and I have uh, we're we're colleagues. All of you know that uh, Corinne and I are both uh, colleagues, uh, black voices for Trump. Uh, We're full disclosures. We're black Americans who have conservative uh, viewpoints in this in this country. Uh, When we look at Chicago and the lives that are lost there, Corinne, on a weekly basis. Why then is there not the outrage, some are asking, about those black lives? And why then is there such an outrage over this black lives? Let's speak to this. Let's talk about it. What do you say? I, I think they're two separate issues. There's one, there's a criminal element that terrorizes neighborhoods and, you know, I'm and, and kill their own people and, you know, 
drive-by gang activity or in a, you know, a random shot, you know, gets fired and, and you know, hits a little girl innocently. Um, th- that is an issue. And I think that should be an ongoing conversation and should be something that everybody participates in solving. Um, and I don't believe that, you know, letting people out of jail with no money, oh, you, you know, got arrested for illegal weapon oh we'll just let you back out promise to appear to court i don't think that's that's not right and we all as a culture have to be on top of this matter let's as a society in fact have to be on top of this matter this that that situation of black on black crime consistently it can't just come up every now and then. It has to always be part of the conversation. Corinne Rankin um, is my special guest. Corinne, stay with me uh, through the short break. I want to talk to you on the other side of it for just a couple of minutes. And uh, there are some things that I, I still want you to cover on this very topic. Uh, Corinne Rankin is uh, extraordinarily activist in uh, so many different areas of her state she has experienced as far as business is concerned has been in the bail bonds business all of her life and she knows it in and out has led the association there in california and she's going to return with me after these uh, brief messages more with corinne rankin right here on the cl bryant show coast to coast border to border daily 12 until 2 Eastern. Be right back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the CL Bryant Show. Thank all of you for making it so popular as it has become uh, throughout our nation and around the globe. I'm back home uh, for a couple of months anyway in Louisiana uh, until uh, we're going to have the memorial services for uh, my wife. Um, on the 27th, on the 27th, um, Jane will uh, memorialize her. And uh, come on out. Word of God Ministries, be there. Um, I'm expecting a huge crowd. So come on out and uh, be there with us. Um, it has been a, a journey to get back 
uh, to it. Um, I actually preached my first sermon um, the other Sunday at um, the Christian Center in Shreveport. Uh, my executive producer, Michelle, is a member there, and um, it was uh, a, a huge uh, experience for me. And I certainly thank all of you for uh, welcoming back into life, actually, after so many years with her. And then uh, moving ahead, it has been very difficult. The work that I do and the work that I will continue to do is uh, aided and abetted by people that you hear on this show. And one of them, especially today, John Solomon was on with us uh, the first hour and um, a a journalist, investigative journalist extraordinaire. And John shared some great nuggets um, for us and with us Uh, get his newest book fallout uh fallout is his latest book john will be back with us uh, in a couple of weeks but today we have an extraordinary businesswoman, someone who i do admire one of my colleagues black voices for trump corinne rankin is on with me and corinne before we go back into our conversation tell everybody how to get a hold of you what you're into and uh if they want to bring you out to speak to them how do they do it? Okay. So I have a, I'm a founder of an organization called Legacy Republican Alliance that is committed to uh, you know, getting more black people to, into the Republican Party, like actually involved in the party, into party politics. And, you know, because I, I'm a believer that you can't make change by shouting from the outside. You have to be on the inside making those changes. So that's what we're committed to doing that and also uh getting more black people to run for office you know local office um in black you know urban black neighborhoods running for school boards uh, city councils and, and and things like that things that were you know on the ground beneficial you know neighborhood engagement yeah and uh, people can get a hold of me on, through my website legacy republican alliance they can find me on twitter i'm at corinne rankin uh, Instagram, Corinne Rankin. So I'm, I'm super easy to get a hold of. I'm often asked this question, Corinne, uh, what is it that we as Republicans, and I guess you and I would be quali- uniquely qualified to speak to this, uh, particularly uh, to get uh, to, to attract uh, Latinos. I think that the Republican Party has a large umbrella, but the story just hasn't been told. What are you? What are you doing? What can we do? Uh, to I see that you've made a move to do it. Is, is that what you're dedicated to doing uh, with your organization? Yeah, that's what my organization is dedicated to do. And then we have a PAC um, also, and we endorse candidates who are committed to you know grassroots engagements in urban communities talking with more black people in black neighborhoods. So all of our candidates that we endorse are candidates who are also committed to, you know, that agenda of engaging with black community because, you know, most Democrat, I mean, most black communities are a hundred percent Democrat run. And for years, the Republican party just, you know, hasn't outreached in black neighborhoods. So it's really you know, kind of falls upon us to yell that, you know, these are our communities that we identify with. So we have to, you know, make the effort. So I just, you know, not myself and uh, my colleagues here in California, we decided to come together and make sure that we're committed, you know, to the same ideas, to the same goals. 
And that is fantastic. And uh, whatever we can do to help you and support you, uh, we'd be very happy to do that. Corinne, I want to thank you so much for being on with us. Before we go, though, we got to give special shout out and, and sound bites uh, to our boys and girls over at Black Voices for Trump. Yes. Let's, t- let's talk about the hookup that you and I have with that. Both of us are uh, founding board members of Black Voices for Trump. Tell the folks about the function of uh, this great organization. Talk to us, Corinne Rankin. So Black Voices for Trump is committed to, first and foremost, you know, reelecting our president, Donald Trump, and also to, you know, again, engage with the black community to, you know, be a grassroots, on the ground engagement, having conversations you know, tough conversations. We know that, you know, when we're the first Republicans in, you know, to black communities, we get a lot of pushback at first, but, you know, we're, we're all committed to having those tough conversations and really making an effort to say, hey, you know what, there's another side to politics. And the side that you've been voting for for the past 30 years has not been working. So, you know, give us a try. You know, learn about, you know, what Republican, what the Republican party, who the, who we are and what our platform is and how it can be helpful to you and your family and your community. I echo exactly what Corinne Rankin has said to you, black folks, black voices for Trump, reach out to you telling you to come home to the party of your political origins <laughs> in uh, this country. Black Voices for Trump, uh, C.L. Bryant and Corinne Rankin encourage you to do it. Yes. And uh, listen. And re- it really is a great organization. I mean, I, we, you know, C.L., you and I, we met on, you know, the, 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 at the launch. And I, I would say, and I, I'm sure you agree, that this organization has, you know, exceeded my expectations. I'm, I'm just I'm amazed at the, the things they're doing. And Absolutely. for us to have in a Republican campaign, you know, for an election of a Republican uh, incumbent or otherwise to have a coalition of black people is for the Republican Party historic. And you know what, and Corinne, I, you bring up something also. I mean, and uh, I'm, I'm really glad that we we, we uh, are giving that we gave that little minute plug to him because it opens the door us uh, for talk about so many other things. Corinne, uh, you 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 said it. You hit the nail on the head. It's time to try something different. I, I, listen, you can't be can't be like little kids who've never tried it, try the thing, but yet you don't like it. You know, you can't be like that. Right. <laughs> so, so, like my, my grandkids. And so, uh, and so uh, but, but so we're encouraging you uh, to do that. Corinne, you got the last word. Got We got 30 seconds. You got the last one. Oh, I'll see y'all again. I just want to, you know, thank you for letting me on your show. And I would just encourage everyone to you know, go into these next days with all the stuff that's happening in our country. Just, you know, do as my mom taught me. You know, she taught me I had two ears and one mouth. God gave me two ears and one mouth because I'm supposed to listen twice as much as I speak. And so I would just, that's my best advice for us going into these next few days with all the craziness that's going on to our country. Make sure that we're listening to each other. We had the same mama. Ain't that something? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, God bless and keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will, Corinne, because you are fighting the good fight. Thank you so much for being on with me. Thank you.